time as never before. People need to see a demonstration of God's kingdom. And they need to see his power. As Paul said, the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. And uh, we're living in a hurting, in a broken world. And they need to see a demonstration. Jesus started his ministry by saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, the kingdom has arrived. When Jesus came, he came to bring a kingdom, the rule and the reign of God. Where there was darkness, he brought life. Where there was death, he brought life and, and light, and he came to lift up people's hearts. And the Bible says he went about doing good to all and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. How many know wherever God is at work, how many know the devil, wherever there's darkness, light, has, light comes and dispels the darkness. And whenever God is at work, we see God begin to bring hope to the hopeless, light where there's darkness and life in every dead situation. I read an article this week. Many of you may have saw it was on the front page or it was in the Times Picayune. It was in the USA Today. And uh, it was titled that people are increasingly hopeless. It highlighted the fact that uh, according to the uh, CDC, more people have died in America than in the last hundred years of recording. I know that just by the sheer fact I've been almost every, uh, more than every other week I've been in a funeral. And uh, the, the article went on to say that uh, the, the, the life expectancy in America has gone down. And the primary reason is because we have an epidemic of suicide and overdoses. Dr. William Diaz, who wrote the article, he was asked, he, he specialized in disease prevention. He's an expert at George Washington University. And he was asked, what do you, what do you believe is the cause? And he said, I really do believe that people are increasingly hopeless. And that leads to drug use. And it leads to potentially to suicide. Here's a secular doctor say that that one of the reasons why we have uh, increasing more and more young people dying is simply because people have a sense of hopeless. I know that in a hopeless world, we ought to be ambassadors of hope. Amen? Come on, how I many know we, we don't deal with dope, but we deal hope? Can I have an amen? And so we've come to bring hope to the hopeless. We came to bring life where people are hurting. And so I believe at this time, as never before, I, I was talking with uh, and the sheriff with the sheriff's office, and he said, you know, this is the worst time of the year for us in the sheriff's office. And I said, well, why is that? I, I thought that maybe it was because of theft. I thought it was maybe because of everybody shopping, people are stealing whatever and looting whatever. He said, no. He said, you know why this is such a hard time? He said, because this time of the year is a time that they have more depression than any time else in the year. He went on to say, is at this time, he said, here in St. John Parish, is during the, the month of December, especially around the holidays, he said there's an epidemic of depression and people attempting to take their lives. And so he said, you know, it's a hard time for us as police. And so I just, I just said, you know, this is really, uh, I, I know that this was just a timely message for us as a church because I believe in the midst of a hopeless situation, I believe that God wants you and I to bring, be ambassadors of hope. Let, let me give you just a few testimonies. I asked y'all last week, I said, I want y'all to pray 
every day. I say for the next 30 days, starting last week, I say I want you to pray that God would make you an ambassador, that wherever you go, in your workplace, in your home, and in your community, I, I began just writing my journal. You know, Jesus came. He said when he came ushering his kingdom, he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the broken heart, to, bring, to open blinded eyes, to bring deliverance or recovery to those that are bound, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And so, you know what, I started out and I shared with my wife. I said, you know, every day I'm, gonna, I'm asking the Lord, God, allow me to interact with at least one person who may be in darkness and need to see the light. One person who may be experiencing hopelessness, and God, they just need to know that, God, that you're the God of all hope. One person who feel like giving up, and God, let, them, let me have an opportunity to share with them. And I just want you to know that it's been amazing how God has answered you know, we, we don't have to look far. I shared last week. Sometimes we think the mission field is across the ocean, but sometimes the greatest mission field is right across the street. Sometimes it's right next door. And so because I prayed that way, first of all, you know, I, I had opportunity to go to Alabama, visit my in-laws, and the Lord just allowed me to be a blessing to my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And, you know, sometimes when we, you know, the Bible said Jesus went about doing good. Say do good. And healing all who oppress of the devil. You know, sometimes it costs you to do good because uh, I had every reason not to want to bless them. But, the, you know, it's good to obey the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And I, there's a reason behind it. But, but I decided, you know what, the Holy Spirit was telling me to do it. I did it. You know, it's amazing how I just blessed my, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law and how as a result of it, God so touched their heart. You know, we never know how the little things we do can open people's heart to the Lord, can allow us to minister Christ to them. Then on Monday, I get a, I get a, a call from someone in this community, and they're dealing with fear and doubt. And he said, you know what, would you pray for me? And, you know, I had opportunity to pray and just share some truth with him. And, you know, and it, I was amazed how God opened the door. You know, sometimes the greatest thing we could do is say, can I pray for you? Tuesday, I get a call from another person, and their wife is in critical, crit critically ill. And the doctors had to perform emergency surgery and crying out to pray and say, would you pray for me? You know, I stopped saying, well, I'm going to pray for you. No, I said, look, look, can I pray right now? And I prayed right then. And I want you to know, I believe that God is turning it around. Come on, let's thank God. You know, they listen to me. See, if we would do it right then, listen, then on Wednesday, the Lord had moved on my heart. A loved one I know is dealing with a very difficult situation. And God just told me to give him a call. And uh, I gave him a call, and I had opportunity to pray with him and just give him a word in season. You know, it's, sometimes it's just a little thing. And then Thursday, you know, I'll go into the DMV to get the registration for our, our church van. And then I run into a gentleman who is first time outside since his wife had taken her life. And he looked at me. And he realized, man, this is a God appointment. He said, you know, this is my first time being outside in two months. And he went on to tell me how 
He said, it's been so hard. He said, every day it's just been difficult. But I recognize right then God put me. Isn't it amazing how God put me at the right place at the right time? See, because if we will pray, how many know God, there's a hurting world, but how many know God wants us to bring healing to a hurting world? Can I have an amen? And I want you to know, all we have to do is be willing to get out of ourselves. Friday, I say, Lord, every day I want to be able to Bring good news. I want to bring light where there's dark. I want to bring your kingdom in our world. And Friday, I saw one of the young men when I was chaplain in the prison. He was just standing up and he greeted me. And I was busy and I had things to do. But, you know, the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go talk to him. And there was four other guys sitting there. And as I began to go there, the Lord said, I want you to tell them my te your testimony and tell them how I brought life to you and how I came to bring life in that more abundantly. You know, sometimes we, we can sometimes be afraid. Well, what are people going to think? I, I just, out of the blue, I just walked up on them and, and just began to introduce myself. And it was amazing. Here was five young men, all millennials, between the ages of probably 21 and 34 or something like that. And I began to tell them, Man, how Jesus came to give us abundant life. How that, you know what, I know that you may be sitting around, because I begin to ask, I said, do, do y'all realize your need for the Lord? I, I just begin to ask some, some questions. And, and all of them begin to say, you know what, we realize that there's something missing in our lives. And as I begin to just share with them, I say, you know what it is? It's Jesus. It's a I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, they sat there with their eye. They, they were so hungry and they were so open. And for the next 15 minutes, I begin to tell them about how good Jesus is and how he wants to give them an abundant life and how he has a plan for their lives. And I want you to know that the devil is a thief. He wants to steal, to kill and destroy. But God wants to give you an abundant life. And I want you to tell you, they all begin to say, thank you for coming, share with us, and thank you. You know, isn't it amazing that we're living in a world that they're hungry, they're open, they're just waiting for somebody to tell them, can I have an amen? And so yesterday there was a funeral here because I said, God, every day I want to be your ambassador. You know, notice that there's a, there's a coincidence, I mean, there's a common thread with all these things. Notice that not one of them happened in the church. See, sometimes we think, you know, we, we, you know I, I believe that we have forgotten why we're here. We gather to be encouraged so that we can go out and be the church, so that we can go out and be ambassadors. And I realize that, you know what, that if we are going to fulfill what Jesus came to the different zone, and so I will, and we're going to see his kingdom come we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. And so I want to challenge you because, listen, I shared with the men yesterday in prayer, I don't want to ever preach nothing that I'm not first willing to live. Can I have an amen? It would be, it would be hypocrisy on my part to challenge you to begin to get out of your comfort zone, begin to get out of yourself, and begin to be a light in a dark world, to go to places, to, to, to cross the street, to, to visit someone and let them know that God loves them 
And I want to tell you that something has happened in my heart because I'm just, how many of you know it's exciting to be a part of what God is doing? How many of you know there's joy in obedience to the Lord? Can I have an amen? And so I want to pick up where we left off last week, and I want to talk to you again. Listen, listen what it says in Colossians 1, put it on the screen, Colossians 1, 12 through 14. We're talking about thy kingdom come. I left off last week on how do we become kingdom represented? How do we represent the kingdom of God? Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and in the kingdom of light. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loved. Let me just ask, how many of you have been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness? Oh, about 12 of you. I said, how many of you, God has, how many of you remember when you was once a slave to the devil? Anybody, anybody remember when they were once in the under, living under the kingdom of darkness, but God rescued you? See, this is what Paul is saying. We need to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share an inheritance. Listen, God not only brings us into his kingdom, but how many of you there's an inheritance? Listen, that when you realize that God, he not only saves us, but he blesses us. Just like Karina was talking about this morning, the offering. How many know God not only saved you, but he gives you an inheritance? Uh, uh, not just in heaven, but how many know he wants us to enjoy his kingdom right now? You know, it's not just about getting to heaven. It's about getting heaven down to earth. Can I have an amen? And God wants us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many know everything's all right in heaven? How many of there's no there's no hopelessness in heaven? There's no poverty in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no blinded eyes in heaven. How many of there's no poverty in heaven? But how many know here on earth there's a whole lot of opportunity for you and I to bring God's kingdom? And Paul is saying that God not only rescued us, but listen, He He redeemed us, who re, whom we have redemption through the forgiveness of His sins. Listen what the message Bible says. God rescued us. From, the, from dead in alleys and from dark dungeons. And he set us up in the kingdom of the son he loves so much. I want to tell you, I don't want to, just like Geraldine said, we should never, ever forget where God saved us from. We should never, ever forget how good he's been to us. When I was sharing with those young men, I was just reminded how when I was a young man, at one time, without hope, had religion but no relationship. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever? You know, you can have a, a you can go to church and be as dead as a doornail. Come on, how many? But but aren't you glad when God saves us? A doorknob. My wife. Well, I said a doornail. That's all right. <laughs> and so, listen. What we want to do each week, each week leading up to Christmas. We as a body of believers want to embody what it means to be the kingdom of God. And so I've asked you to consider going into the mental, we, we have a mental hospital here. I've asked you to reach out to the elderly in our community. I've asked you to be willing to go into the nursing homes. We have those who are going to go into the, those ministers, those who are terminally ill. We are going to visit, we're going to buy gifts for a lot of fatherless children uh, whose parents are incarcerated. We have some of you, I've asked you to be willing to go into the prisons. 
with us. We want to get gifts. We have about 161 men in, and some women in our prison who are going to be in prison for Christmas. And we have an opportunity to show Christ love and share with him. And so I'm asking you not just to go to church. I'm asking you next Sunday we're going to take up a Christmas offering. And I'm asking this simple thing, that what you would spend on yourself for Christmas, that you'd be willing to give at least that equally to sharing the love of Jesus. Because whose birthday it is? I said, whose birthday it is? And so we want to celebrate the fact that he came to bring a kingdom. And so next week, we're going to be taking up a special Christmas offering because we want to shed light into this gospel. And everywhere there's darkness, we want to bring the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to, how, how, many, how many are on board with that? And so listen to me. I don't, want to, I don't want to just some of us. I know about many of you have already signed up. I'm asking that every one of you, listen, even if you don't have to sign up, everybody, you live in a neighborhood. There's people in your community that may be living in darkness that needs to know that Jesus came to bring light to their darkness. Everybody, if you're employed, there's people on your job. How many of that that are that sometimes are living a hopeless life? Sometimes are empty. Sometimes they might have stuff, but they don't have Jesus. You know, I had I was speaking to someone at a funeral recently, and he said he's this is he's a friend of mine I grew up with. He said, Neil, you know, God has blessed my life materially in every way. He said, but I'm empty. He has the finest of things, he says, but my life is empty. And I told him, I said, I said, you know, what's, in, what's missing in your life is Jesus. And I said, no amount of material things can ever fill the void in your life. How many of you know that's what the world is looking for, Jesus? Amen. And so I want to go through this. So we said, how are we going to be kingdom representatives? Number one, I said, we have to be with, be, accept the fact that we've been commissioned to serve. I, I, I read the fact in the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20, that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The problem with so many of God's ambassadors is that too many of us have gone AWOL. AWOL means we're absent from our post. I want to just challenge you on this one thing. I'm asking you that every day, just do this with me, every day when you get up and a part of your prayer, say, Lord, today, allow me to be your ambassador. We said an ambassador is God's representative. We're here to represent God's kingdom to our world. I'm asking you every day, say, Lord, help me to be an ambassador. I believe that if you will do that, God will open doors. God will show you people, whether you're at Walmart, whether you're on your job. God will open your eyes of people right before you that they need to know that Jesus loves them and he came for them. Secondly, and here's the part that becomes so important. We must be willing to hate our life in this world in order to find it. John 12, 25, listen to what it says. Hates his life, loves his life, will lose it. While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
You know, we, we call it an upside-down kingdom. In God's kingdom, the Bible said we, we, we gain our life when we lose it. We live when we die to ourselves. The Bible says we become great when we learn to serve, and we receive when we learn to give. How many know it's completely contrary to the way the world system is? So if we're going to live according to the kingdom of God, we're going to have to learn to embrace a life that, that, that the Bible says we're going to have to learn to do what Jesus said. We're going to have to lose our life in order to find it. I want you to know that Sometimes the hardest thing in the world is sometimes giving up our rights, giving up what we want, giving up, you know, our comfort. But how many know that's where we find the joy that's really joy? That's where we find the peace when we learn to give up our lives. To hate our lives means to be willing to give up our comfort, to give up our security, to give up our safety. You know, we saw on the Internet the young man who, because he heard of this uh, unreached tribe in off of the coast of India and uh, he went there and he wrote a le last letter to his family he said listen don't think I'm crazy he said I believe everybody deserves a right to hear about Jesus and he had endeavored to go to this unreached tribe and you saw it was all over social media news and he was speared to death and he lost his life but I remember the testimony of a, of a man who likewise lost his life Many years ago, he said, he is no fool to give that which he cannot keep, to gain that which he cannot lose. Many of you know that, 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 that 40 years ago, there was a, a missionary who went to the uh, uh, unreached tribal group in South America because they had never heard the name of Jesus. And, and when they went there and endeavored to bless the tribe, they killed five American missionaries. But how many know as a result of giving up their lives, that whole tribal group, later because of the seeds that was planted, that whole tribal group became Christians. Today, they're all born-again Christians, loving Jesus. The men who killed them were, became now the leaders in the church. How many know God has a way of redeeming? I want you to know, you don't lose when you give your life to Christ. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is for most of us in America, uh, the idea you probably won't get uh, something. Nobody will probably shoot you with a bow and arrow. Nobody will probably sh uh, kill you. The reality, most of us, uh, you know, we live in a country that the most thing you get a bad experience for sharing Jesus is somebody might reject you, slam a door in your face, might give you a bad, tell you something nasty, whatever. But the reality is, in the kingdom of God, we have to be willing to hate our lives and say, Lord, I'm willing to give up my comfort. I'm willing to give up my security. I'm willing, listen to what he says in Luke 14, 26 to 27. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Here's the reality. Listen, you could hold on to your life, but ultimately you'll lose it. Listen, the problem is that when we choose to the safe, the secure, the comfortable path, we end up losing the rich, the full, the exciting life that Jesus came to give. But when we're willing to give up our comfort, our security, our, our, our rights for the sake of the kingdom of God, obeying Jesus, 
How many know that's when we experience the joy, the peace? How many want more joy this holiday season? I believe that the reason why depression and suicide becomes epidemic during this holiday is because we become a culture that is so consumed with self. Many of you have read that the, great, the, 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 the number one trend now in gift giving is now everything is catered to giving gifts to oneself. And so, you know, we've become a society obsessed with self. But isn't it sad? The more we become obsessed with self, the more unhappy, the more depressed, the more hopeless we become. But it's when we lose ourselves, come on, and when we get out of ourselves, that's when we find joy. How many of you want more joy? How many of you want more peace? Listen to me. Then you're going to have to be willing to get out of yourself. When you're willing to do something, when you're willing to, to, you know, that's when we look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was our example. He, he, the Bible said though he was God, he did not liken it, but he humbled himself. He gave up his rights. He humbled himself and he became a servant. And therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. You know, Jesus is our example. He said, if you want to follow me, you, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to be willing to do what I did. You're going to have to lose your life. You're going to have to daily take up your cross. Hating your life in this world is not always easy because everything in our world tells us pamper ourselves, treat ourselves, take care of ourselves. Love ourselves. It's not saying that we're to neglect ourselves, but it really means that we're to put God's purposes first so that every other love pales in comparison to our love for God. It means that we put obedience to God and ahead of our own comfort. It means that we're willing to say, Lord, that you know what? Uh, obeying you is more important than staying up and watching my favorite television show. Because most of us, the biggest sacrifice you make is sometimes just giving up your TV and your entertainment and, and the, the things we enjoy. But I want to tell you that if we're going to embrace the life that Jesus has for us, if we're going to spread his kingdom, then we're going to have to be willing to get out of ourselves and go in places where, where sometimes hurting people are so that we can share his goodness. Practically, what does it mean? I believe one way is giving of our resources. One of the greatest ways we can uh, lose our life is, is sometimes surrendering our resources to God. Learning sometimes to give sacrificially. Sometimes blessing people. Listen to me. You know, it, I, I, it's amazing that when you, the more you give sacrificially unto the Lord, isn't it amazing how the more God gives back unto us? The more he blesses our lives. And so next Sunday, you'll have an opportunity. We're going to take up a Christmas offering because uh, we're, going to, we're going to bless our community in many practical ways, and you're going to have an opportunity to be a part of it. And so the third point is where we left off, and I want to close with this. Listen, if you and I are going to be kingdom representatives, then we must be willing to follow Jesus in the harvest field. John 12, verse 26, listen to what it says. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. And my Father will honor the one who serves me. Listen, when Jesus was on the earth, how many know he was willing 
to invade the darkness. He didn't stay in the comfortable places of life, but even in his birth, the fact that he was born in a, in a, 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 a manger, which is nothing more than a, a, he was placed, you know, we think they make those pretty pictures of a nice trough. He was born in an outdoor uh, place where they kept animals. He was laid in a trough. That's what a manger is called, where animals fed. Could you imagine the king of kings, the Lord of lords, yet he left the comfort of heaven to be born in a, in a, in a place of, of poverty, of lack, of uh, subject himself to need, all because he loved you and I. That's why the Bible says, do you know the grace of God? Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you and I, through his poverty, might be made rich. Everything you and I have is because of what Jesus has done. Come on, let's give God a praise right now. Listen to me. Isn't it amazing? You know, every good thing, every blessing you have is because Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and I. He left heaven. He embraced hardship. He embraced difficulty because he loved you and I. But here Jesus is saying if we're going to follow him, then it's not a call to be a spectator. Serving Jesus involves following him where he is. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus went in places that a lot of time where the religious leaders wouldn't often go. If it meant going into a house of a tax collector today to eat with him, so that he might share the good news. He was willing to do that. It would be the, it would be the, today's world would be the, the similar, you know, similar to going in the home of a notorious drug dealer who everybody despised. And yet, because you love him and you realize that no, nobody's out of the scope of God's love, you're willing to go break bread and let him know that God loved him. Jesus was willing to identify with prostitutes. And people were saying he certainly could not be a religious man because look at that filthy woman. That's the way that I'm putting it in my, my, my vernacular. The religious, when, when, when that woman who was known for being an immoral woman came and washed the feet of Jesus at, at, one, at one of the Pharisees' house, the Pharisees say, began to think to himself, if he was really a man of God, he would know what kind of woman that is that is washing his feet. But how many know Jesus recognized that to him who's been forgiven much, they love much. And he said, Simon, I came in your house. You didn't even wash my feet. He said, this woman has washed my feet with her tears. He said, you did not anoint me. This woman has anointed my feet. And, you, you know, it was customary, uh, just like when you visit somebody's home, that we have certain customary greetings. It was customary to anoint a person with all, but he didn't do it. But Jesus said, Simon, see, this woman whose sins are many has been forgiven of much, and those who've been forgiven much love much. Anybody been forgiven much beside me? A anybody recall when you... When you when your life when you wasn't you know it's amazing how we we dress up our lives and sometimes we forget how we used to be, right. and sometimes you may have not done it but you thought it. Right. 
You may have not done it because you just didn't have opportunity to do it, but it was in your mind. The Bible talks about that. We were all under the penalty of sin. We were all without hope. We were all without Christ. And because God loved us so much, how many of you know he was willing to come where we were? How aren't you glad that he, that he didn't stay up in heaven, but he came where we are? Aren't you glad for that? Come on, listen to me. And that's why if we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to be his ambassadors, we're going to have to follow him into the harvest field. We're going to have to go where people are. I'm reading 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23 in the Message Bible. I want to read this. Listen to what it says. Paul's saying, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Let me ask you a question. Who are the people outside of your scope of love? Some of us love certain kinds of people, but, you know, we all have categories. And there's some people we don't like. I was... I was Recently ran into a gentleman. I'm going to just, can I testify and be honest, my own weakness. There was a gentleman and um, he has embraced a transgender lifestyle. He visited here. But he hadn't been here in a while. And I saw him out. And I said, man, we missed you. We hadn't seen you. And he looked at me saying, you don't miss me. And to some degree, he was right. And, you know, I, I said, well, you know what? I do want to invite you to come back. Because I realize that nobody is outside the scope of God's love. But do you know that people know when we really welcome them and when we don't? People know that when we put certain people in certain categories. And I didn't have to tell that gentleman, but I think he sensed it. And I said, God, by your grace, I want to be able to do what Paul said. He said, listen to what he said. He said, I voluntarily become a servant to any and all to reach a wide range of people. Listen to what he said. To the religious and the non-religious, to the meticulous moralists and the loose-living immoralists, to the defeated and the demoralized, whoever, I didn't take on that way of life, I kept my bearings in Christ. Here's my point. But I entered their world and I tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. You know, Paul is an example of a man who embraced people of every kind of walk of life. 
Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. Yet, because God's love was so great in his life, he embraced every kinds of people. When he wrote to the Corinthians, listen to me, for those in Corinth, they had embraced homosexuality, lesbianism, uh, 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 any, any kind of life. You can read it. He, he goes on to say uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 6, he, he begins to talk about the immoral, the adulterer, the, the homosexual, the male prostitute. And he go on to give a list. And he said, of such were some of you. But now you're redeemed. Now you're saved. Now you've been washed. Paul was able to embrace every kind of walk of life. We need to ask ourselves, are we as a congregation, I'm not just talking about me personally, but as we as a church, are we willing to do what Paul said? Are we willing to embrace people no matter what kind of life, no matter what kind of background, and to, to show them the love of Jesus? Listen, if we're going to enter that world, if we're going to be ambassadors for Christ, especially in the day we live in it, how many know we're going to have to begin to learn love people that we might not, I mean, let me say this, that the world will sometimes say we're not supposed to love, but how many know God loves them? And I, wanna, I want us as a church during this holiday season, not just love the people we're comfortable with, but love the people we're uncomfortable with. To love people who are outside of the scope of we, who, who are, are the religious world that sometimes say that they're hard to love. That's who God loves. You know, I, I want to, I believe that one of the greatest credits we could have if we become a church that whether you're straight or gay, whether, yeah, whether, you know, it's, we, we want to be able to say, listen, first of all, anybody in here who never since stand up right now, well, I'm glad I'm speaking to the right people. Anybody never been ungodly before? All of us have been. And so who are we to define and describe some sins great enough? You know, the reality, God loves them all, and he sees sin as sin. We don't see it that way, but God does. But wouldn't it be wonderful if that we get out of ourselves and in a world where some people see that, uh, you know, they feel so unloved and so outside of the family of God that we would get out of ourselves and show them the love of Jesus. And I believe that that's what would embody the message of the kingdom. How do we do that? Listen to what Jesus said. This is the last scripture in closing. Matthew 9, verses 36 to 38. I'm going to read verse 35 first. Put it, put it on there. Put one verse before. Matthew 9, verse 35, and let's gonna go on first. Listen, Jesus went through all their towns and villages, teaching in their synagogue and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every child. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. Come on, read that with me. Say, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, say that again. Come on, read it one more time. Who, who are the workers that God is talking about? 
I say, who are the workers God's talking about? We are. And so listen what he told his disciples. Then he said to his disciples, he said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. Say that with me. Come on, say it one more time. Now, come on, say it. Say, Lord, say, Lord, say, say, I want you not just put, put yourself there. Ask the Lord to send me out as a worker. Come on, come on. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send me out as a worker in his harvest. That has been my daily prayer. God, give me eyes that I would see people the way you see them. That, that I would be a worker and your harvest field. I believe that if we're going to be ambassadors of God's kingdom during this holiday season, we need to ask God to open our eyes that we would see people the way Jesus saw them. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He saw them as helpless and hopeless. And he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers. Sometimes we just need God to open our eyes afresh that we see people the way God sees them. I want to close by doing that this morning. I want to ask God that as we endeavor to embody his kingdom in our community, that we will have God's genuine compassion. How many know he wants to give it to us? Isn't that the good news? God wants to, the Bible says, he has sent the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God wants to flow through us. Sometimes the only barrier is us. Sometimes, you know, just like Peter, sometimes God has to give us a vision so that we see people the way he seen. Peter saw the Gentiles as unclean, but God had to give him a vision and say, what I've called uh, clean, don't call unclean. Let's ask God to do that. How many of you want to be God's ambassador? Just raise your hand right now. Then I'm going to ask you, would you do this with me? Because listen to me, one of us can only touch so many. But what, what would happen in our community if every person seated here began to say, God, I'm your ambassador to my family, to my community, to my workplace. I'm going to see people the way you see them. If that's you today, and you say, Pastor, I want to be God's people. I want to be able to see people through God's eyes. And I want to be able to love the people that's even difficult, the people that I personally have a hard time. See, because let me just tell you, I've learned this. You can never reach the people you don't love. You can never reach people you don't love. You don't show respect to this idea in our society that we, th this whole idea of disrespecting one another, you can never reach people you disrespect. You don't have to agree with people, but how many know we do have to love people the way God loves? How many want to be God's? If that's you would, you, would you just stand? I want us to pray that God, in, in this community, that God would make us ambassadors. That I would love to the religious and the non-religious. To the moral and the immoral. 
to the, the, the King James said, to the wise and unwise. Paul said he recognized that because God had saved him, he saw himself as the chief of sinners. And he saw himself that just as God had saved him, that he would, that he, that he would be willing to love others the way God loved him. There's enough people in this community, in this church right here, this morning, to turn our community upside down. If we will give ourselves and say, Lord, make me an ambassador. If we will say, God, let me go into my world. God, give me eyes to see. Whether in your school, whether in the hospital, whether in our community, wherever. Let's just pray that this Christmas holiday, that we won't get so caught up in shopping and doing more, but that, God, we would see people through your eyes. Just as an act of surrender, if you don't mind, would you just slip your hands up and let's pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, you've commanded us to go in all the world and to share the good news. Lord, I want to be an ambassador. I want to be your representative in my world. You said if I'm going to serve you, then I must follow you. That where you are, there I will be also. Lord, today, I commit to being your ambassador, to go where you are, to go in the highways and the hedges, in the grocery stores and in the hospitals, into the workplaces and in my neighborhood. God, that wherever there's hurting people, that I will be your ambassador. God, open my eyes and let me see people the way you see them. Break my heart, Lord, over the things that break your heart and give me your compassion for a world that needs. God, I ask this in Jesus' name. Let me just pray for us. Father, the greatest need in the church today is for us to join you in the harvest. You said this morning, the harvest is plentiful. But Lord, what's, what's lacking is work. So, God, I pray that every one of us will pray each day throughout this holiday season, Lord God, that we will say, Lord, open my eyes and let me see people the way you see them. Allow me to bring light where there's darkness. Allow me to bring hope where there's hopeless. Father, where many are depressed and contemplating suicide, let me share the good news that you came to bring life in that more abundantly. 
Father, help me to inconvenience myself, to give up my comfort, my security, so that, Lord, I might inconvenience myself on your behalf. You said if I love my life, I'm going to lose it. But if I lose my, side, my life, Lord, I'll find it. Lord, I want to find the life that you came to give. And so, Lord, help us throughout this season when we commemorate that the fact that you came into this world to give us a brand new life. You came to bring your kingdom. Lord, we pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done. God, the difficult people in our lives, some that we have made our enemies, you said we're to love our enemies. We're to bless those who curse us. We're to do good to those who might abuse us. God, we cannot do it in our own strength. So God, we need you. I pray for a fresh baptism of love upon everyone who's standing here. That God, that you would fill us to overflowing. And that God, that your love will so consume us that Lord, that we would love people the way you love. Father, we ask this today in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you came and you said, you know what, I, I'm not right with the Lord. I, I'm, I'm, I've never been born again. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I'm, I don't have a church home. I, I want to be a part of a church family that's committed to living out the way God wants us to live. Or you may have been in the Lord, but you may have backslid, but Today, God has drawn you. I know that I can't draw anybody, but the Bible says there's the Holy Spirit that draws. And if you're here today and the Holy Spirit is drawing you and you want to make a decision for the Lord today, I just want you, just where you are, if you, the Holy Spirit draws, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anyone today that the Spirit of God is drawing you? You say, that He's He's drawing me to make a decision. Anyone here? Please? Yes. Anyone? I see that hand. Thank you, young man. God bless you. Amen. Would this young man, would you just come down? I want to meet. Let's thank God for this young man. Come on. Let's thank God.